0: This is Jared Murphy from City Limits. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And Summer Krishif from Gotham Gazette. And we're happy to be joined by City Council Speaker, Melissa Mark-Viverito, uh, in her final days on the job. Yes. Uh, you had your final stated meeting yesterday. You've been on a little bit of a uh, goodbye tour. How <laughs> was yesterday for you? How are you feeling today? You know, What are, what are some of the thoughts and emotions going on? going
1: on for you? I mean it's it's transition right so I I, it was a great day yesterday (coughs) being able to finish uh, an incredible legislative session and being able to have my colleagues uh, express their support and appreciation for all the work we've accomplished and you know immediately today I'm still doing press conferences on events but like trying to start figuring out uh, how do I move out of my three offices.
0: (laughs) You've got uh about 10 more days, but holidays and right. and, and transition. So um, when you when you were sort of presiding yesterday and, and giving your outgoing message and then overseeing a bit of a floor debate, which is, isn't always the case, what was that like? You know, it was like yesterday was a very interesting thing to watch with lots of emotion, lots of positives, lots of congratulations, and then also some real open dissent that we don't always get to see. Well, was I mean, like
1: there, was, there was one particular, you know, bill that, yes, it maybe had a uh, more vigorous debate than all the others, but, uh, you know, it, we, we move forward and I support my colleagues in terms of, in this case, the sponsor of the bill, the process that he went through, and I wanted to make sure that we were there to support him as well as the council.
2: One of the things that uh, Councilman Torres said, which was really interesting to me, was he talked about the relationship between the council and the agencies on the mayor's side and indicated that the council is somewhat um, constrained in what it can legislate and basically suggested that, especially with the NYPD, which is the biggest city agency, at least the most powerful, that you have to get their buy-in or a law is not going to be effective. Um, he even said that if he passed a law, if he would pass a law over the mayor's objections, that he could decide not to enforce it, and that would be his right. Where do you do you agree with that interpretation? That it's possible that the council would pass a law governing the NYPD that would be disobeyed somehow.
1: The the issue with NYPD, similar to I think what it is with the DOE, also right? Those are two agencies where it's not totally clearly defined. Uh, what are the things that we can legislate? um and so I think that in that case, uh, you know we have to I, it's just it's just a style of leadership, and I think Richie has come to to his own so to speak in this particular with the particular um, discussion around this and how we arrived at the decision to support the bill as it was despite the fact that it was not supported by the advocates and I think he was showing uh, true leadership then. You know my style of leadership is very similar like if you're going to, uh, want to get something done, especially when you are talking about an entrenched and very difficult organizational culture like the NYPD is. I think the best thing to do is to try to figure out a way that you can uh, gain some sense of partnership there, um, and I think that that's what he was trying to articulate yesterday. And as opposed to if you try to ram something through, you're going to get challenged in court, that's going to get bogged down, you don't know where you're going to end up. You could weaken in the institution potentially even more so if you found, you know, if, you're, if, the, if the case is uh, found against you. Uh, and, you know, those are the things to factor. These are the decisions we have to make. I think sometimes we don't understand that we have a larger lens to look things through. If the advocates have their particular issue, that's what they're going to advocate for, but we have to look at a wider through a wider lens. We have to look at the agencies that are going to implement it. What is it going to take? Are we going to get resistance? What's the side effects of that? What's the you know positives or negatives of that is going to happen? There's a there's a lot that we have to weigh that I think others don't fully appreciate or don't want to appreciate, uh, so I think that that's what you know he was kind of articulating some of that yesterday, and I'm in, in agreement. I think the administrative changes that we implemented about a year ago you know, kind of started easing the way into getting to a point where we can then look at codifying and putting them into law. And he recognized that yesterday, that he thinks that that actually helped. And so that's exactly why, you know, I had agreed to do it administratively at first, is because I really felt that that was a way that we can, you know, transition into into codification and codifying it into law.
0: Just one other, um, one other part of that is is the advocate side. I mean, did you feel bad about how that sort of went down. I mean, you had Councilmember Torres sort of really forcefully saying, you know, these folks went after me personally, Uh, they don't get to veto our legislation. And then you had advocates saying, we we have pushed this legislation. We, you know, asked you to sponsor it. We, you know, we've been the driving force of PAMs. And you've obviously been very close to these same advocates closing Rikers and a lot of these criminal justice reforms. Was that very hard for you to navigate? No,
1: I mean, I've, that's what I've had to deal with the last 12 years, and I totally agree with Richie that I'm not going to abdicate my responsibility as a legislator to the advocates. Yes, advocates bring issues to your attention, but I'm not going to say, all oh, right, you craft the legislation, and then I'm going to implement it exactly 100% as it is without taking into account the other side. You have to. You have to sit at the table with those that it's going to impact, right? Yes. Our communities have been impacted by the policies. We understand that and we're trying to rectify that and we've moved the dial forward considerably in these last four years in different areas. But you also have to have to talk to the agencies that are gonna implement it and hear from their point of view how they think that might make things more difficult. Or yes, we can actually do this without a problem. You, know, you have to understand and figure out that part of it. But I think it's unfair, uh, I think it was unjust for the advocates to personalize it. I don't think the personal attacks uh, it, or were definitely were necessary at all. I stand with Richie and I stood with Richie 100% on this issue. And it's really quite laughable to think that these advocates are going to like draw the line in the sand that if you don't pass, if you don't go over on this on this issue, then you're not an ad, you're not a reformer anymore, or you're not a progressive anymore. That this is the one defining issue, and everything else that you've done and everything else that you've accomplished is not even you know considered. But this is the one issue that, oh, you know what, you're, you're, you're a sellout. I mean, it's ridiculous. So uh, it's unfortunate it gets there. Again, you know, and Richie was very firm in his heart. He believed that that's where he wanted to go and that's what he wanted to do. And he knew that he was going to get knocked around. And that's a shot sign of leadership. I think he showed great maturity uh, and growth in that moment. This this issue of this legislation in particular for him. Is there, isn't there there a
3: risk of alienating, these advocates are essentially your partners, um, they help, they, they advocate for legislation, they advocate for communities, and a lot of the rhetoric yesterday, um, Councilman Torres said that no one, we've been elected to lead, no one assigned them as representatives of the communities, um, they don't represent the people. Something to that effect, doesn't that risk alienating their relationship for a progressive uh, a largely progressive body that needs these partners in civil society.
1: Those are the, we have to decide how we're going to lead. You I've been one to say that there are certain things that I won't compromise on, and what it is what it is in terms of where it ends up. But you know, I I then there's been many issues that I've stood strong on, even though it might have negative repercussions for my election cycle. But you you have to do what you feel is the right thing to do based on the information you have and based on. Um, all the analysis you've done about it and so there are times you know I think I was approached by I had an interview earlier with Aaron Lewis and he was asking me about Elizabeth Crowley because we're talking about the Rikers campaign saying that uh, the issue of, of supporting the closing of Rikers and these community facilities I may have lost her, her candidacy as well if that's true I'm not sure that is let's say that hypothetically that's true then I commend her because she took on an issue and she supported an issue, even though knowing that it could have some sort of repercussions, but she felt it was the right thing to do. And you know, I think that that demonstrates leadership. So the same you know, here, understanding, you know, again, our job, no one is gonna be 100% happy. We have, to, we have to understand that. We have to understand that we are not gonna make everyone happy. And you have to at times stand up and say, you know what, I'm not gonna agree with you on this issue and just let the chips fall where they may.
2: So I asked via social media for them to suggest questions, and I yes. think I one interesting one, I want to honor it. Um, someone wanted to know, what happened with the waste transfer cap bill? Uh, what what doomed that in the end?
1: That was, it was pulled, obviously between the chair of the committee, the sponsors of the bill, conversations were happening, some negotiations, and then it just didn't seem to be able to get over the finish line. So I you know that was a late decision, but and,
2: and, you know that was, the, what was the sticking point? I don't
1: really know I, I know there was a lot of moving pieces at the end uh, there was some concerns that were being expressed by a, by certain boroughs were, I think the Bronx in particular um, we were trying to deal with those concerns and just not sure where it, it wasn't ended something
0: up. that was your you wanted to put a stop to that no, was that was not really that high on your agenda
1: no it wasn't I mean if they could have gone to some sort of an agreement. Because yeah, the essence of the, what the goal was to me is important, right? If you reduce the cap on these waste transfer stations, the waste transfer stations that for the most part had not reached their cap. But in lowering their cap, then you basically have other communities have to take responsibility for the trash and try to minimize the negative impact that these stations have had in particular communities. There's some communities are overburdened with these waste transfer stations. And so uh, it was trying to create some balance. So if they could have gotten there, yes, um, it was not in my particular uh, priority and and so, yeah, we, that was between the sponsors and the chair of the committee.
0: I think um, in, in sort of taking in the totality of your four years in charge of the City Council, your critics and your supporters alike would agree that you've significantly impacted the direction of the city. I mean, I don't think anybody... I'll take that. Anybody... <laughs> I don't think anybody can with that. <laughs> <laughs> All this, you know, the the number of bills, I mean, there's a whole discussion, I don't know, we'll have time for today around whether the number of bills really is that greatest sign of of anything other than a number of bills. But, clearly a lot of impactful stuff, things that have really changed the city and will change the city, whether it's workforce, workplace rules, etc., obviously closing Rikers, criminal justice, and so on. When you talk about it, when you're thinking about it, how do you sort of characterize the where you've led the city, where you've taken it, do you do you think about it as I came in and I and I really corrected the course that this city was on from the Giuliani and Bloomberg years? I mean, how do you, you know, in a sort of broad way, characterize your impact?
1: I mean, well, the the thing you have to understand, right? We, we can't forget that when I came into the speakership, uh, you know, we had been twenty years under Republican mayor, so here we are as a progressive council speaker as a progressive council, now we have a mayor who is democratic, who's aligned with us, progressive himself. So, vi- you know, philosophically, in terms of our vision for the city, we're probably very aligned, right? How we arrive at the decisions, you know, there were some differences, obviously, in areas, but there we were pretty much philosophically aligned. And I think that also people have to realize that having a mayor that's democratic and a council that's progressive and democratic, obviously helped to shift considerably in terms of where we were going as a city, what our priorities are, where the focus was going to be, Uh, you know, the mayor fighting for universal pre-K, us expanding paid sick leave, you know, when you talk about looking at criminal justice reform and making it more equitable the way non-violent offenses are being treated, trying to minimize people's interaction with the criminal justice system, you know, all of that has positive effects for our city, right? Having communities that historically been silenced, or have not been encouraged to speak up, or that their voice was disregarded. You know, having those communities have a say, or being more engaged uh, in in decision-making process, that, that's all valuable. So it's a shift in vi- in priorities and vision, and that was pretty dramatic coming from 20 years of the Giuliani and Bloomberg. So obviously, I believe you know we played a big part in that because we passed the laws for the city of New York. We legislate the budget with the mayor. Uh, the budget that he comes to us with is not the budget we end up adopting. There's changes in negotiations on where do we want to see what the money is allocated. My um, prime example is SYEP, fighting for, fighting for Youth Employment Programs, never had it been baselined. You know, in all the time that I was a council member, we finally got a baseline at 70,000 slots by the time I'm leaving as speaker. That's significant. That's impact on, on children's lives. We expanded the number of slots and baselined it. So many ways. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's... Um, when you really sit and think about the impact we've had, and I would say it's considerable, and in a short window of time. you know, So that's important, and I'm proud of that.
2: You've also changed how the council itself yes. is, is run, um, and a lot has been said about your you know, granting committee chairs more independence, and the members having a little more uh, independence. In terms of the legislative output, which is one measure of the council, is. are there bills that, that came to the floor that are now law that, that wouldn't have but for those reforms? I mean, did anything come to the desk for approval that you sort of fundamentally disagreed with that you would have blocked if you could have, except people have this new freedom to, to advance things that are more important to them?
1: I mean, the, the, the change here, the considerable thing about my leadership is that I made it a member-focused legislative body, right? It wasn't about me centralizing the power, just pushing what my agenda was. Um, trying to, you know, whatever it may have been, and, you know, having members really have much more of a function and a role and ownership for this institution. It belongs to all of us. It doesn't just belong to the speaker. Um, so that that is also what has led to a more significant output in legislation is because they were given an ability to really decide what their priorities were as chair of committees or individual issues that they cared about. And then work with us. You know, we staffed up. We had more legislative staff brought on. We had more bill drafters brought on, so that we could manage more of the legislative requests that members had. That we could process it, analyze it, draft the language. You know, start having conversations about them. So that all led to a greater output because I was being respectful to member priorities and the vision that they had, uh, and working with them on that. So you know, I'm I'm proud of that out, of that effort. And, I, and then I think that's the way a legislative body should function.
0: Can you remember any instances where you gave up sort of final approval? Or is that still how the speaker's office works? No, we, you know? we, meet,
1: we meet consistently. We take a look with the legislative staff, everything that um, is being looked at. We go over them. We go over what are, the, what are the issues or the hearings that members want to have in their committees, what bills are being discussed to be heard. Uh, so we do go over that, you know, and then if there's any particular issue or concern or question that I may have, I will talk to, to the appropriate members and we'll engage in that way. Uh, but yeah, so it's... was, it's,
0: was there a, a, a time where there were members really behind something you're like i'm don't I, I don't really want to do this, but you know what? go ahead. remember I mean were there do
1: you I think no I mean <laughs> I don't think it really works that way. Yeah. you know it's obviously it's always about you know when you have so much we passed seven hundred bills, you can imagine how many were drafted. You know, you can imagine how much was out there and trying to figure out how do you prioritize that. How do you even start having a conversation about what gets discussed, what gets heard, you know, and, and what gets moved forward. So there's a lot of involvement and engagement, but and prioritizing something we did jointly. And I would talk with colleagues about that. We do that through leadership. We do that through some conference, uh, you know, individual conversations, the members would let us know what it was that they wanted to work on, uh, you know remember would approach me I really, really, really want to move this bill, and I like, find out where it's at, okay, how can we work with them to do, so there's a lot of that going back and forth.
3: Well, um, was there any instances where you felt you could have perhaps pushed back harder against the administration? Any um, instances you can think of where you might have wanted something stronger, and I'm not talking about the right to know here, um, you know, where you felt that the mayor was, favorite something else, and you might put that position.
1: I mean, no. I mean, my style of leadership is, and I think I, I could safely say that we've we've um, had a good partnership, and I think that there are a lot of things that um, I was able to move them on, and you know, they have conversations with us, and maybe there's things that they can you know move us on. But definitely, it, it was a very productive relationship in that way, and I think that in areas. Where they may have had some concerns about pieces of legislation and really engaging with them and talking to them and exerting ourselves you know we were able to get some reconsideration on those items and uh you know so and that's done in consultation with colleagues right the colleagues that could say look i feel like this is stuck or that they're getting some resistance and i would personally weigh in or advocate on their behalf with the mayor on certain issues um so you know i know so so the, i think it's it's I, I'm not, I'm not regretful of anything, you know, the issue for instance, I talked to people like, I really wanted, I was really a supporter of wanting to ban the carriages, I really was, and find an alternative in another way, and, and I thought the bill that we were ready to vote on presented that balance, but there were certain agreements and commitments I had made to the members, and that they needed certain things in order to feel comfortable voting for it, and when those things fell through, I in good conscience, even though it was an issue that was important to me, could not. Put that, push that through because I had made a commitment to the members and you know it was, it was a priority of mine personally but it's not just about me it's about you know I have a responsibility to this council to this institution and to the respect of my of my colleagues and I had always told them that that's the way I was going to lead and that's the way I've led.
2: Um, just a few minutes left so I want to look ahead a little bit. One issue that you championed was the closure of Rikers yes. and now that's in other people's hands. Um in the next year to achieve that goal to maintain political momentum, what do you want to see happen on the Rikers Closure issue to make sure that in fact it actually has moved toward occurring? I mean I
1: would love to see because we already had gotten commitment from council members where these community facilities would be based, because there are existing facilities already, but there have to be a land use process in order to get there. There's commitment from those members starting a conversation about You know what those facilities would look like and start talking about investing capital money into refurbishing them right and and, and retrofitting them to a more modern facility that takes commitment right and i think that when we talk about driving door driving down the jail population at rikers at the same time we have to start already implementing the idea of starting to build these community facilities because that's the way we're going to expedite the timeline if we want to and then start channeling right start to refocus if you get the Brooklyn uh, House of Detention up and running, then those people that are arrested that are from Brooklyn, get you start you know, figuring out ways where you can redirect and, and start creating a more humane system because that's the whole idea of decentralizing the system, making it local based uh, facilities where people can maintain contact with their networks. Uh, they'll get more visits from their family members, stay connected to their communities. Try and, and, you know, ha- that is important to reducing recidivism. You, you know, if you have people warehoused out of out of sight, out of mind, uh, it just wreaks havoc. You know, on them as an individual, on their ability to reintegrate successfully, and that has long-term consequences for us as a society when people do cannot reintegrate. So it's you know, it's just the right thing to do. So that's what I would say is that it has to be kind of these parallel tracks of things happening in order to get to a less than ten-year timeline.
3: Do you envision being a personally playing a role in that? I would, I'm in the very universe?
1: invested in it. I mean, this is something that was definitely a priority of mine that I feel that I've contributed greatly to get all of us aligned on getting to an understanding that that can happen. So I definitely am committed and I would like to figure out how I can um, still be helpful in making that a reality.
0: You're going to be um, replaced by somebody, a speaker. Um, do you If you were sitting with that person right now and you were going to sort of give them one big piece of advice for the role, is there something, you know, that that everybody should hear, that everybody should know, that is, you know, something you wish you knew ahead of time?
1: I mean, I I would say, and I've been saying consistently, I think I think that the way this council is structured right now you know, in terms of, of being member-focused is something that I think needs to be maintained. I think the reforms we've implemented to make it more transparent, you know, that that commitment still be there. Um, There's a lot of support that we provide centrally here to members on different issues, participatory budgeting being one. Uh, You know, we've we've improved our digital access, I mean, our digital assets, you know, to make this council more transparent and being able to reach more people. Uh, We have made a commitment to community media uh, An ethnic media, community and ethnic media, uh, in a way that I think is really important if we want to reach more people, because not everybody gets their media, I mean, gets their information through mainstream media anymore. There's all these different you know, ways that people get their information, and we have to stay in touch with that and keep up with that if we're going to be effective in getting the message out. Those are things that I believe in very deeply. And obviously, yes, those are things I implemented, but I think they've brought value to making um, this institution a real counterbalance to the administration. Um, I increased the budget of this institution two different times when it had been starved in the past. Uh, I brought more professional staff on board. Uh, tried to get the leave the politics behind in terms of how people are brought into this institution or fired from this institution. Uh, those are changes that I, you know, I really believe in, and I, I I believe so much in this institution and defending it. It's not about me as speaker and utilizing this institution as a way of advancing my personal. So, and so that's that's critical, and I think that that's something that I would hope um, any future speaker will be committed to as well.
0: Final cu- couple of quick yeah, questions. Yeah, um, so you've seen all these folks up close. Uh, you know what the job takes. Now that all the stated meetings and everything behind, is there someone running for speaker that you think would do the best job in the role?
1: I would like to see the speaker commit to anything I just defined as what's important. And uh, again, this... Um, this institution is, you know, we can we we have to be a true counterbalance to the administration, and uh, and we have done that, I believe, and so I would like to just see a lot of what everything I laid out uh, continue because I think it all leads to that. It leads to that being real, effective um, counterbalance.
0: And um, do you sort of wish that? the cycles had lined up that you could be running, It could have been running for mayor as your time in the council ended, you know, if you didn't have an ally who has Has in...
1: that worked for any prior speaker?
0: <laughs> no, but you- <laughs> I'm
1: not I'm not- You've one, been big I'm on I'm making not... history. <laughs> you could
0: always, you know, right, you but I know that that would be a well, challenge like, you would let's, shy away from. Yeah,
1: maybe there's a different path and still be successful. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a position of off, in office to in order to be elected to office. Is that, is, I mean, I know Look, there's, I, I, people talk
0: about Congress and all these things, but is running for office in the, in the near future, whether it's Congress or mayor or something else? Is that?
1: I, I leave every door open. I think I've had an incredible track record and trajectory of accomplishment that I can, you know, hang my hat on and campaign with. And I think I have a lot more to contribute to the city of New York, a city that has done, and done so much for me. Uh, and so I would like to explore that. You know, I don't know what that would be. But doors are open, uh, conversations can happen, where it leads and we knows? know. Maybe yes, maybe no.
0: All right, we'll leave it there with uh, City Council Thank Speaker you. Melissa Margarito. Thanks for, thanks for joining us and good luck figuring out that, that next step. Thank,
1: Thank you. you.